Well, hello again. It's Tim O'Keefe, Coach Tim, and I have a wonderful guest today. He's somebody who has actually influenced me to do these podcasts going way, way back. Uh, he is the fellow who got me interested in blogging all the way back to, I think, 2003, 2004, and eventually uh, putting out the content that I do through social media. And uh, he, in 2007, introduced me to some really killer concepts at uh, a conference that was called the Renegades of Persuasion, where he taught us uh, how, to, uh, how he grew up in a cult and then also how to use cult marketing. Uh, and he demonstrated it through the four days, I think it was, in Las Vegas. Uh, and we learned all kinds of cool stuff that uh, is really how to move large amounts of people, not just one person at a time, but crowds. And uh, he's written several books on persuasion. And with that, I'd like to introduce Dave Lacani. Dave, welcome. Wow, thanks for having me, Tim. It's so exciting to be here. Great to see you doing all this work this many years later. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. I mean, it's been over, you know, 2007 was the conference, and then I think uh, it was at uh, a conference up in Northern California where I first met you, and you were, mm -hmm. you were I didn't even know you were a speaker. I was early, uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, I guess, and wanted to be there, you know, and I'm walking around the conference. Uh, it was at a Chet Holmes conference, and uh, mm -hmm. you come up, and we just start chatting, and, and you told me why I need to start blogging. <laughs> I had no idea who you were or anything, and now all these years later. Um, so... Let me uh, kind of set this up. Why we're together today again for a podcast is because of all the craziness going on in the uh, NFL and in uh, other places. And uh, so uh, we all have heard of Colin Kaepernick, I think, by this time. And he has been taking a knee uh, starting about uh, over a year ago last season. Uh, and then it kind of caught on. And it, it uh, like a lot of polarizing uh, uh, occurrences, he uh, made a lot of people mad that he was sitting and then kneeling, which uh, apparently he thought was a better idea. And uh, he uh, disrespected the flag in many people's minds, and, uh, uh, and he disrespected America and the red, white, and blue and all that is... <laughs> good uh, about uh, the good old US of A, and then meanwhile, uh, uh, his message has gone from F the cops. Uh, uh, actually, I don't even know if it was that. It was just uh, talking about cops disparagingly. Uh, and, and what his real protest was, uh, which a lot of people keep forgetting, is of uh, police brutality. And uh, and then uh, it ended up being uh, turning into and morphing into uh, disrespect of the flag and, and the anthem, and the anthems about slavery. God, I'm, I'm trying to get all this as much as I can. <laughs> it's, a lot of, it's a lot of pieces. It's a lot of pieces. It's giant. And, and, uh, and so then, you know, then everybody else kind of, the NFL, ESPN, and now the NFL as a business is, is 
trying to figure out what do we do with this mess. And, uh, and then what got me interested in talking with you, Dave, is you had a thread on your wall, and you have a lot of smart people on your wall, a lot of smart guys in uh, persuasion and, and, uh, and uh, guys that do a lot of research. Uh, I think uh, Eric Knowles was, was on there. And, and, uh, and so, uh, and then meanwhile, I had my threads going, and, uh, and then at the same time, just recently here, I'm in Torrance, California, and there's a pie a pizza, I should say, a pizza pie outfit called Pieology, um, which is uh, a franchise operation. And they had an employee uh, printing out the receipt. Somehow he was able to, I think, replace his name or her name uh, with F the police or F the cops on the receipts, which is... (laughs) <laughs> and then one of the uh, the patrons happened to be a wife of a cop and put it on Facebook and it went viral, which is not the best publicity you want for your company. Obviously, and, and it was actually a police officer who got. Oh, was it actual a cop? And then he and then he and showed his wife, and then she. As I understand, I could be wrong, but yeah, and then showed his wife, and then she put it on social media, and then it blew up. It blew up. And then just to, to make it even more interesting, uh, I saw the other day that Kevin Durant of the NBA basketball and very wealthy just bought a piece of pyology and at the same time is a, uh, a fan of all the movement that Kaepernick has been doing. So <laughs> it's right. a tangled web. Uh, Dave, did I do a good job unpacking this? Or I think you did. I, you know, I think the one part that we, at least from my perspective, that, that maybe you didn't mention was the idea that, you know, Kaepernick's thing had sort of died last year. Yep. It wasn't even an issue this year until the President of the United States made it an issue again. Right, and, right. And that, that sort of like lit the fuse and, and lit the fuse under his base and got a lot of people fired up about this. <laughs> I think, you know, if, so, so, so there's, you know, I, I think there's another piece of this is as much as it's a PR stunt or not for Kaepernick, it's also, a, it, it's also an easy tool for the president to use as well and, 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 you know, it's questionable whether or not he did it intentionally or not to try and cover up other news of what was going on at the same time. I mean, there's, you know, the, the problem with these kind of things is, is that once you pull on a string, you know, you unravel a quilt. And that's kind of the, you know, and, 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 and who knows where the strings lead and who knows which ones are real and which ones were just the ones that were laying on the floor in the first place, you know. Right, and right. So, so it's tough that way. And, and so then breaking it down to really core issues like you know the the question the question i had on my wall was was i'm a veteran a lot of people that follow me are veterans and the question i had is what i thought was a i I knew i'm going to say it was a simple question it was a simple question but it really wasn't it was a pretty it was a pretty loaded question for many people and the question was is it more important to exercise your right or, or which is more important, to exercise the rights you have or how you exercise them? Mm, and so, yeah. and, and my question was for veterans only, because this was a, and, and lots of other people jumped in, which was fine, but I really wanted to hear from veterans because, because I have, a, you know, I, I have a, a feeling about it too. 
And so I was kind of curious, what do other veterans feel? And, and of course, as you might imagine, there were some veterans who were absolutely 100% passionate that this was the biggest slap in the face ever. But the biggest majority of them said, you know, it's, it, it's not a slap in the face. It's quite the opposite, actually. This is exactly why, you know, I joined the military and supported uh, America and all of those things so people can make those kinds of statements if they want to. Doesn't mean I like it. Doesn't mean that I appreciate it. Doesn't mean that I would do it. But absolutely, they're right, and <laughs> I, I wouldn't stop them from doing it. So you know, and, and that's sort, sort of how I felt about it. I said, you know, I, I don't like people burning the flag. It bothers me. I think it's, you know, sure. I, I don't like to see it. I don't like, you know, I, I wish the NFL players could have found a better way of protesting. But and, and and none of those things, even if I you know agree, which I I do agree, I don't you know I, I, it doesn't matter if you're black or white or brown or purple, you know if, if somebody is if somebody has been me, being mistreated by authority, that's wrong, and right. if it, right. if it's happening institutionally or in big ways, also wrong. So I would I, I, because I think that's also the other side of you know being willing to be in the military is also to stand up and say, listen, these things are not right, and somebody has to fight for them whether it's physically fighting or whether it's just standing up and saying things. And so, you know, for, so for me, this was sort of a, you know, it, it was a tough issue because I have very, very close friends who said, if you know, like if I saw somebody support this kind of an idea, I wouldn't even talk to them anymore. And I thought, wow, that's, you know, I, I mean, that, that, that's kind of, that's heavy. The, it, it is. I mean, like, this is like one of my close friends for 35 years and yep. I, and I called him up and I talked to him and I said, seriously, you wouldn't talk to me again if I openly say I support this idea that it's okay, he's like, I don't know. I'd have to really think about that. Oh my I said, God. well, start thinking because, you know, I mean, this is the reality of it. And, you know, right. and it's, but it's that laden. And, and it's also, and, and when it comes to persuasion, this is such a, 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 it's such a core piece of persuasion, right? Persuasion is, is so emotionally charged. And the easiest way to manipulate and the easiest way to persuade is to, you know, to attach to people's deeply held beliefs and emotions. The hardest thing to change is someone's beliefs. And yep. what we, we, you know, that's, and, and so what we end up doing when you see, and, and I, I don't know how you feel, Tim, particularly, but there's great division in the country right now between at least two political sides, whether you call them Republicans, Democrats, conservatives, and liberals, you know, snowflakes. Without a doubt, and, and, I whatever, think, you know. and I think you would agree that is, a huge generalization when we go that way because even though you might identify as an R or a D, you really, when you're, like I like to say within, uh, within those groups, there's, you know, you get them in a, in a hallway uh, or a, a big meeting hall and they're all going to disagree in one way or the other and, and go to self agendas. So right. I, I, absolutely. Right. I mean, I, I, as an example, there, that there's just mouthpieces, though, and whether it's the media or it's politicians or whoever it is, and the result is, and, and you can't talk about all of this without talking about social media as a driver of, of much of this, because now you've got, everybody has equal time, and it, you know, uh. at least with a, with a small group of people, uh, or in some cases, a large group of people. You know, if I look at my total... My total reach, I mean, it's, it's pretty large. You know, people who have read my books and people who follow me on social media and people who are on my email list and people who read my blog and 
all of those kind of things. I mean, my, you know, so, so everybody gets equal time now. The problem is, is that things get generalized. And the bigger problem is, is that people often, you, you know, like you said, when you, you get all of those, you know, D's or R's in a room, n- none of them agree on everything, right? Right. right. So, <laughs> so what happens is you get these vocal, very vocal minorities. And if you're the news or you're the, you know, or, or you're a blogger or you're an Instagrammer, you know, you, you want to see the guy punching somebody in the face. You want to get the clip of somebody, you know, <laughs> saying something super egregious. And, and then everybody's going to see that. And then they're going to share it around and say, this is stupid or, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. You know, and so, so what's happened with all of this is that, to me, that, that instead of being able to unwind these things, what's happened is we've, we've hit an underlying feeling on both sides. And, and then people are just, you know, they're hungry for a fight. And so not, not everybody, not all of them, of course, but the problem right. is I think that, I, I think the problem is, is that, you know, there's, there, there's a really good book written probably, probably a dozen years ago or maybe a little more even. It was called The Radical Middle. And the, the premise of The Radical Middle was, and Obama probably came as close to anyone uh, of activating The Radical Middle, but the, the premise of the radical middle is, is that, you know, these people who scream and fight and create all this tension and all of that that gets reported in the news and that thing, those, those are sort of like outliers on the outside, but they control a lot of the, they, they control a lot of the, um, you know, basically the, uh, the, the, the brain space and that kind of thing because they're very loud and, and all of that. Right. When, when you look at the number of people who actually don't vote, and the number of people who are, you know, those people in the hallways you're talking about who they're the 80% who mostly agree, right? And, and, and yep. by the way, that 80% mostly agrees with the other side too. You know, yep. what they're really looking for is a, they're, they're looking for this, they're looking for a logical, reasonable solution to move the country forward, but they don't feel like they have a real voice. So this is this, this is what they call this radical middle. And basically what they said is the first person to activate the radical middle changes politics forever and owns everything. And, mm. and, and, you know, we saw Obama do something, and, and I'm not making any political statement about any president or anything else or any political party, but sure, we, we saw Obama activate a core group of people that had never been activated before that definitely fell right in that core middle part, and so or that radical middle. <laughs> and so what we're really seeing, and if you use that premise as an example, what we're really seeing is that... Um, you know, that uh, angry outside being activated. And the radical middle, some of those people being pulled out to the edges, but the majority of them still sitting around saying, okay, I don't think anybody really wants, you know, on either side really wants a nuclear war with North Korea. I don't think anybody wants any kind of a nuclear war with anyone, really. You know, I don't think that anyone is, you know, the, the majority of Americans believe in the flag. They believe in the country. They, you know, they, they just want people to act nice and they want to be able to watch football on Sunday and they want to be able to, you know, not have, you know, they, they, they don't want to have to have, have to think about their news so hard that everything that's reported has to be fact checked. And right. that's, you, you know, with, but, but it does now. I mean, that's the reality. Like you have to, like, I, I've been watching this whole thing unfold with Sarah Huckabee and Trump's statement that we're the most taxed nation in the world. And the reality of it is that's not true. What is true is that we have the highest corporate tax of, industrialized nations in the world, but we're not the highest taxed nation in the world. 
but that's that's been that, that see this this war of words whether you, whether it's Trump or the media or just these people on the outside fringes and and, and I, I don't think it can be argued that, that that America is not much angrier right now than we have been like I haven't felt this level of discontent in America. and I'm 52 years old I haven't I haven't felt this level of discontent ever in my lifetime um, that I can remember inside, well, let, let inside me ask, the U.S. Let, let me ask you this because. Uh, Years ago, um, when I, my mom was still with me, um, she had said, I, I feel like uh, we are the most immoral than the history of the world. And I said, wow. And I go, well, is it because we're so overcommunicated that mm-hmm. you see, you know, like you said, those loud, the loud voices. And so we end up thinking that things you know, everywhere there's a Vegas shooter, so to speak. Right, right. You know, uh, oh, my God, I can't go to the mall, you know, because you know, whatever, you know. Right. And, I, or, you know, if you really do look at statistically, the Vegas shooter is, yeah, it's horrible, it's, 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 it's disgusting it's, mm-hmm. and all that. But in the overall, you know, deaths, it's, it's not much. And... uh and that sounds really insensitive, and I don't mean it that way, but as as a real number uh, across the board, uh, that this isn't happening all the time. And I don't mean to talk get this into a well, gun no, talk. No, and you're right. No, you're absolutely right. Because I mean, when you when you uh, and and absolutely, you're not taking any. I, I I know you too well to know that you're not taking anything away from the the horrible act that happened in Vegas. That's it's inexcusable and everything else, but. The reality of it is, is that you know, and, and, and the research bears this out over and over again. You're, you know, you're less likely to be killed at the hand of another man today than we ever have been in our lifetime, in, in our history as a, you know, as a species. So you're less likely to die at the hand of another man now than you ever have been. You know, crime generally is down overall. Um, but the, but the, but and, and I think to your point or the question to your mom is, is a really fair one. Is that you know, in 1950 or 1960, I mean, like, what, you know, what, I think about when I was like five, six years old, you know, when I started having my first memories of the news and things yeah. like that, you know, I mean, the news was on maybe twice a day. And, yep. you know, if you were lucky, you, you know, well, or, or unlucky, if your parents or grandparents made you sit through the news, then, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you might have saw the news once or twice. And, you know, there was a newspaper every day for sure. But, you know, that, that was the communication. So it's interesting. I was talking to somebody, you know, we were talking about how, you know, like how bills used to have to happen. And so, like, if something changed, it could take, it, it could take a month for that news of, of a change in the legislature in a state, you know, in, in, the, in the 1950s, 1940s. From the time a bill changed in the state, it was argued. And then, and then the information got down to, you know, a farmer in rural Idaho where I live, for example, it could take a month or more for that news of that change. And, and by then, the change was already implemented and it's already happened and they're on to the next thing. Now, you watch that stuff happen live. You have commentary from qualified and unqualified people happening live. And, and everything is reported, you know, in the moment. And so, so, so whether, to your point, people are angrier or not, I think what happened is, is that those people's voices got heard finally 
And, and when you hear these things said out loud, it creates a divide. Or a divide. And, you know, and, so, and then on social media and in the news, if you follow it on a, on a minute-by-minute basis, which many people do, and by the way, if you ever want to do the best thing for yourself is don't do that. Um, right. You know, if, but when you follow, you, you can't help but feel this angst or this, you know, this sense that, that people really are at each other's throat. And then you see something crazy happen like happens in Vegas, and it's easy to make correlation where it may not exist. When you, but, but when you see voices starting to pop back up in a very open and angry way, which, which it has, and it's different. Um, I used to work in law enforcement as well, and, and definitely there's a resurgence of like white supremacy and that kind of thing right now uh, that, that hasn't been there for a while. Like that's, that's definitely increased again. I have a lot of friends still in law enforcement, and they, they, they definitely are seeing more of those issues, um, whether they're actual like things that happen in Charlottesville or they're just you know, people posting signs and doing those sure, kinds of right. things. That activity is more, it, it, it's higher right now. And so what's happening is those people, and by those people, I mean all of us really have a voice and a platform to use it in. And so everybody is saying what they think, and it's really easy then to take those most volatile pieces and push them out. You know, Colin Kaepernick, whether this was a PR stunt or not, it was a dead issue, you know, at kickoff on the first game of the NFL this year until it mm-hmm. wasn't. And then, you know, and then all of these people who are angry um, have something to say. And then the people who are angry at the people who are angry have something to say. Now they've got something to fight about. And now it fills up everybody's Facebook feed, Twitter feed, Instagram feed. It's, you know, it, it, it's Monday morning quarterbacked by every single pundit in the news. And <clears throat> it just doesn't stop. Because well, because you're messing, you're, you're messing with my flag, man. <laughs> yeah. right. 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 I mean, yeah. so yeah. even if you right don't... That core issue of, you yeah. know, it's this, it's this fundamental belief and a fundamental emotion, and that's, that's exactly what people react to, is this, this whole idea that, you know, by God, if you do that, it means this. And in reality, nothing is ever that simple in this country. You know, and it's never been that simple in this country. We're on display constantly because we're figuring these things out. And, the, you know, the, the reality is it, it, would be, it would be great if there were a clear set of black and white lines that said, okay, you know what, the flag, no, that's it. Sorry, it's illegal. But it's not. And so it's, you know, so, so then people attribute all these messages of meaning, most of which are driven by marketing, by the way, and PR, Yep. Like, you know, they're not driven by people's real, like, no, no, I mean, th- think about this for a second. Like, how many people sit down in their lifetime and say, I'm going to do an actual study of what it means to be a patriot? I'm going to read the hard books. I'm going to, you know, study people who we revere as patriots. I'm going to study the ideals that these people hold as meaningful in, in context, and I'm going to see where I fall. Am I really a patriot? I, I mean, nobody does that, right? You have to have this shorthand where you say, oh, Budweiser says, you know, it's the flag and horses and, you know, all of this kind of stuff, and that's, that's what it means. It means, you know, it means standing up for the flag when a soldier comes home. It means all of those things. And, and, and none of those things are bad in and of themselves or good in and of themselves. But the, the meaning is not attributed by people. The meaning is attributed by people who want to make money from it. And that's unfortunate. 
I think, for all of us as a country because it keeps us from really thinking about what does it really mean to be patriotic or what does it really mean to be free or what does it really mean to... I, I, think, you're, I think you're hitting on something that is uh, very deep and not talked about enough, and that is where, and, and I say this as a marketer, and, and you're a great marketer too, uh, we've gotten so consumeristic that mm-hmm. even at the, the holiest of levels now is, is, a, is a cliche. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I joke a lot about the, the Nike, you know, just do it. And right. the fat kid walking, eating a hamburger with just do it and the swoosh on his T-shirt. Um, right. That's that's the level of commitment to be like Mike, and so uh, to get to your point you said earlier, emotions are what drives all of this beliefs. And but it takes and tell me I'm wrong, but it takes intelligence, intelligent rationality, and logic to get out of that crap. And, and actually, you know, rise a thousand feet above, if need be, from a God <laughs> point of view, a bird point of view, and see what's really going on. And it's like you said, you're, in fact, in that, in that Chet Holmes uh, uh, meeting we, we had uh, mm-hmm. years ago, you told me, I think it was 30 or 40% of all news is placed. And I had to ask you, what do you mean? Yeah. Uh, I... I assume that's a hell of a lot more today. It, it's got to be. I haven't seen a recent study, but the number has to be higher today. And it's, it, it, you know, it's manufactured consent, right? It's yep. just people saying whatever they want to say. And as newscasters become brands themselves, it becomes something totally different, right? So before you had NBC, CBS, Walter Cronkite, you know, those kind of guys – Dan, rather, you had three or four news people who are highly, highly trusted. Now you've got hundreds, and each one of them is trying to build their own brand. Each one of mm-hmm. them is trying to build their own following. And so not only is there placed news, but there's also interpreted placed news that, that confuses the issue any further. So to your point, people do have to be incredibly logical, thoughtful, and, and it, it, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because, honestly, there's a higher requirement of knowing and being educated today than I think there ever has been in our history, probably, just in order to protect yourself from, from nonsense. Yes. And yet, yes. we're all, you know, as we're, you know, as we, as, as we're programmed on a daily basis by social media, not, not from the content of social media even, just from the, the, from the unconscious level of the way apps are designed and the way you interact with the technology on your computer or on your phone, you know, that creates addiction patterns, dopamine hits, and you're constantly looking for the next one and the next one and the next one. Did I get a like? Did I get a like? Did I get a like? Did he? Oh, he shared it. Ooh, and it, yeah. and it's you, you. In fact, you shared a, an article with me the other day on exactly that. Where, and I think I put it up yesterday. Where uh, a lot of people out of Silicon Valley are not allowing 
for their kids to have these apps because they know how dangerous it is. Right. Right. When you have people like Bill Gates and, um, you know, uh, Steve Jobs saying, I wouldn't let my child have a phone until they're 13, you know, that's, I mean, that tells you something, right? They, they know exactly what they're doing. And, right. you know, then when you, when, when you start thinking about what you, and then you start reading, like, and, and I actually spend a tremendous amount of time, you know, in my, in my persuasion research now looking at things like behavior and um, habit formation, those kinds of things, because, because it's exactly what these apps are doing to you. So, so when, when people are using their phones, I mean, it's no wonder that people are more overweight, right? They're, they're, that they're, all of these things are happening and they're correlating with this rise in technology. It's not just because people are sitting down more. That's part of it, sure. But, but it's a smaller part of it than the number of people who are, you know, just looking for that next dopamine hit, that next little chemical cascade because dopamine, not unlike, you know, heroin and, and, and other kinds of things like that require, it requires more every time, not less. There's no down regulator that says, you know, let's just end this. We don't, you know, we're, we're, it's, it's enough. It's just like every time I need a little bit more. So, so now instead of, you know, before where people might get those things from going out and playing sports on the weekend or in the evening and that kind of thing, or they might get them from, you know, some crazy adventure activity they do, or even from a delicious meal or, you know, something like that, sugar, those kind of things. Now it's just happening on a constant and ongoing basis. And then when you're, when you're primed like that already, and then you get these, you know, then you're getting all of this information. You, you don't need more information, right, in, in, terms of, in terms of better or logical. What you need is more faster that pushes the button so that you feel the right way. Because now you're reacting biochemically, not logically, and sometimes not even emotionally, but mostly that biochemical reaction also uh, is attached to an emotional set as well. But mostly what's happening is you're just, you're just constantly reacting, needing to feed the machine, not really caring what you feed the machine, only that it gets that button pushed so that you feel good again. So we basically are systematically being conditioned to be addicted to this device. That's right. Not just the device, but, 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 to, but, but to the need to be... Um, you know, the, the need to be constantly fed something that makes us feel good. Yeah. So it, it doesn't matter where it comes from. It could come from food. It could come from drinking a Coke. It could come from, or, or quite often, though, it comes from these little hits of things that we, you know, we find absolutely egregious or that we get that good feeling because we posted the first picture of something that somebody likes and, you know, and, and we said what it means and look at all the people who agree with me. Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it, that's that's interesting. Um, you're reminding me to get to bring it back to the flag to an, an a, a situation that I remember very well. I had a buddy uh, who coached at USC during the Pete Carroll era, and uh, right after nine eleven, uh, I went to a game and. Uh, you know, it was right after 9-11, so everybody was making sure you sang the national anthem and, you know, and you, you put your hand over your heart and took your hat off and, you know, you're going to do everything proper, right? And um, 
And uh, so the, the band plays. There wasn't a giant flag like they do in the NFL, but the, the, yeah. the band played, and we looked towards the, uh, the Coliseum Flame, I think, is where the, uh, the flag is. And uh, right at the end, just perfectly timed, a stealth bomber buzzes the rim of the Coliseum. And, man, I, the tears just start oh, yeah. flowing out of me, man. I mean, it was yeah. ridiculous. You know, I had no <laughs> no control over that at all, you know. And in hindsight, and knowing what I know now, yeah, wow, what a frickin' anchor, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the flag, to USC, to, you know, everything there. And I, I was wondering the other day, I'm like, maybe that's why I, I sing the SC fight song and hum it every once in a while, right. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> but can you explain that concept of, of anchoring? And I think it, uh, it it really might help people understand their emotional emotionality around the flag. Well, you know, so from our earliest, uh, so so let me uh, let's back up and explain what anchoring really is first. I mean, maybe the people who listen to your show already know, but. But basically what anchoring is, is is it's tying one thing to another in an emotional connected way. So the the best way to think about anchoring, the best the best example I've ever heard is, you know, when you break up with your girlfriend in high school and you walk away from wherever that happened, you get in your car, you start your car, and you drive away, turn on the radio, and they play the most soul-crushing <laughs> love song you could ever ever think of because this DJ was like right there in your mind when this happened and said, watch me torment you. And, and then like you said, the, the tears flow and it's just like, Oh my God. But then every time you hear that song afterwards, it like brings back that series of emotions. Like, Oh my God, I remember exactly where I was at the first time I heard this song. It made me feel so bad. And while it may not make the tears flow 30 years later, if you check your, content and your emotional content, you probably have changed from being like really happy to sort of melancholy or sad, or at least, you know, like having this, you know, this memory of this thing that happened temporarily until you can shift again. So an anchor brings out those stored emotions. um, And if it's done properly, it lasts forever in many cases. And so marketers and uh, salespeople and psychologists and, and, and everyone try and set anchors all the time so that you get that. But the, the anchors that sometimes happen that last the longest are not intentional. Nobody, nobody set out to get you to have this feeling about the flag necessarily. Although since our, since our formation as a country, the flag has stood for something very important. And flag is generally do in all countries. But the flag has stood for this, the ideal of the country, so it represents all of us. And we pledge our allegiance to the flag from our earliest ages, right? It's probably one of the very first things you can remember. And and even though I don't know when the last time you said the Pledge of Allegiance was, Tim, but I would bet you could repeat it right now if I ask you to without even a moment's hesitation. You wouldn't stumble over a word. You wouldn't have to think about it. Right. And, And it's because of this sort of repetition around what these things mean. And during times of crisis like war or terrorist attacks, 9-11, those kinds of things, that flag is the representation and the symbol of what it means to be an American. And so people do have really strongly held beliefs about it and really strongly held feelings about it. If you've been in the military, you know, the flag 
has a whole other sort of meaning. It's, you know, I mean, it's, you know, everybody says you're fighting for the flag when in reality that may or may not be the case. It may just be that you're trying to protect somebody right next to you. But, but overall, you're willing to give up your life for an ideal. And the flag is an ideal. It's not a perfect thing itself. It means nothing. It's cloth and some color, some dye. But it's the, it, it's the anchors that we have associated with it that are so powerful. And then when you think about it, even, you know, when, when veterans die, if they have a military funeral, their coffin is draped in a flag. And so it's, it's that these people, you know, so we have these very strong visual, verbal, emotional anchors to this, to the flag and, and the ideal of it. And then we have all of these competing sort of things like the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, that say, yes, but there's all of these other kinds of things that this means too. But then we take, these, we take something like the flag, which in and of itself, if it had just that meaning, you know, that it is, this is what it means to be an American. This is what we all stand for. At the end of the day, we all agree that if we can't agree on anything else, we agree on the flag, right? Which, which isn't true. But, but if that right. were the case, right. it, would be, it would be something different. But then we start trying to tag those ideals into what it means to be an American. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if I love, you, you know, if I love football and four-wheel drives and shotguns and hunting and church on Sunday, that makes me a real American. So I'm going to put a flag on it and say I'm an American. That's what it means to be an American. Or if I love baseball and intellectual conversations and exploring what it means to, you know, what, what does the Second Amendment really mean? What does the First Amendment really mean? What does the Thirteenth Amendment really mean? And, uh, you know, and I love to, um, uh, you know, I, I love to go to brunch on Sunday. That's what it means to be an American. Now what we've got is a divide in the middle. Which one is right? Who's right? What does it mean? It doesn't mean that either flag is correct anymore or that it stands for everybody. Now the flag has become a divisive sort of tool that everybody says, yeah, we agree, we're Americans, but you're the wrong kind of American. I'm the right kind. You're the wrong kind. <laughs> and, you know, so then it becomes a debate over who's right or who's wrong, and then it becomes whose voice is the loudest, and then it becomes how can we, you know, how can we leverage this thing in another way, which is what Colin Kaepernick did. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this moment where, where people sort of semi-agree that, you know, this is, this is a, you know, that, that paying respect to the flag and the country in those moments is important, Let's, you know, let's take, a, take aside the fact that the NFL didn't do that originally, and, and not until they were actually paid did they have all the players come out on the sidelines and, uh, and do that, um, which, is, which is neither here nor there, whether they did or not. I mean, honoring heroes is great. I'm not opposed to that, but, but it wasn't a thing until it was, and it wasn't a thing until it was means it wasn't a thing until somebody paid for it to be a thing for marketing purposes. And so when we look at that, we've got these people fighting. You've got a guy like Kaepernick who's saying, okay, in this moment, I don't feel like, you know, not that he doesn't have other tools. He certainly does. I mean, he's got enough money and exposure. He's got other tools. But the reality of it is when it comes down to this is that regardless of whether you think it's disgusting or not, these people have, they, they have a set of tools like everybody else does. They have a platform like the president does. And what they, you know, they, they have a way of communicating with the media that, that they can. And whether Colin Kaepernick was doing it because he thought this is a great way for me to get exposure if I take a knee and I do these things, it's going to have people pay attention to me and then some team's going to want to pick me up, which, you, you know, 
hopefully he fired whatever PR agent actually thought that one through because it, you know, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense that you would pick right. something like that and say, I think this, you know, this will lead to that because there, there, what NFL team really wants to pick somebody who is taking on what it means to be American on Sunday, you know, <laughs> as, as, as the way of picking the next quarterback. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but, but in the moment it probably did, you know, when they were, when they were hashing this thing out. And again, emotions override common sense and sure, take a knee, sit down, do whatever you want to do. And, and, and I totally agree. Like, for example, I, I totally agree that it is much more respectful to take a knee than it is to sit down um, because of what taking a knee represents. You know, you kneel in prayer for fallen comrades. You do those kind of things, right? It has a whole different set of meanings, but guess what? Most people don't know that. And so what it really ends up looking like is that, you know, here's somebody being disrespectful, and it's time to, time to take them on. And so the reality of it is, is that, if you if you if you really if you know like if we had like days to pull this whole thing apart right, what right. we would be looking at is really individual kinds of things that are causing reactions that get grossed up into bigger sorts of emotional context or that get that get painted as big pictures that cause emotional reaction by people who have everything to gain from that emotionality and everything to lose by people actually breaking it apart. Right, right. On both sides of the spectrum, not on not both sides, the R or the D. Well, let's let's uh let's look at this uh because in 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 the original thread when this stuff started blowing up, uh I was in your thread and uh I don't know if you read any of my stuff, but one of the things that I I said uh what was using the pyology example is he's an employee and it's not a free speech issue because he is using his employer's paid time to to demonstrate for lack of a better word his free speech Um, and you came back and said what to me Uh, I I said it depends Um, what, so, so for example, I, I don't remember exactly what I said to you. Maybe you have it printed out or something, but, but basically I, my, my, my position on it is that it depends. Generally, that's true, right? Employees don't have the right to, employees don't have the right to say whatever they want. But what I said was, I think what I said was specifically that um, it, when it comes to this issue about the flag is that in 1934, this law was, uh, or 19... I think 1934 or 37. This, you know, this issue was settled. You can't cause people to perform displays of patriotism. Period. That's illegal. <laughs> so that makes it even more muddier, right? right. It, it's and and uh, and then when you look at uh, and, and I didn't really research this out a lot, but. Uh, I know from Cub Scouts, you're supposed to not let the flag touch the ground uh, or you got to burn it. And uh, someone had said proper protocol is you're not supposed to supposed to uh, to have it flat and in display uh, as they do across the football field. And um, and then one of the guys, uh, a guy uh, from my football, when I was uh, my football team in college that I played with, put uh, a picture of the of the flag crumpled up on the sideline, and and so you said everybody's wrong in this as it gets 
<laughs> more complex, and and it certainly is. It's it's uh, it's a and it causes a lot of confusion because every all the thinking is done on an emotional level and not a rational one. Right. Um, and and there there is how we end up where we are. Um, so what if you're Caps? Let's start with Cap. If you're his 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 agent, his publicist, uh, what what advice? If you can go back in time to a, a year and a half ago or whatever, what yeah. do you advice do you give him? I, I think I would have chosen probably a. I, I may have chosen the same time in a different a, a different ex, um, pro, may, maybe a different expression. So maybe instead of sitting or kneeling, I might have chosen some other thing like a decal or a sticker, which I know is more difficult because the NFL does you know, they, they really do come down on things like that. But I might have done something that would have caused somebody to ask the question, why, you know, why are you wearing that thing? Why did you, you know, why did you wear black shoelaces instead of white? You know, whatever it is. Right, um, right. Or I would have used my time in the locker room if I, you know, getting interviews and that kind of thing to, to, to speak out then. And, and I probably would have used that moment then. And, and, and I also probably would have brought it to a head once. And then, and then let it go. Because he only needed to sit once. He didn't need to do it every time. Right? And I know right. he, he, because, because exactly what happens is this debate starts, and then it's not about what he was really protesting, which is what he perceived as being, and, 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 and which, which many people perceive as being unfair treatment of, you know, of, a, of black people in the United States by cops where they're, you know, but, but even all this stuff comes down to, as you pointed out in, in another thing that you posted, I think yesterday, um, you know, all, all of this stuff comes down to statistics, right? And statistics don't tell stories. Statistics support arguments. And right. Right. that's, you know, that, that's an important sort of thing. And I'm not suggesting because I haven't done the research myself that, that maybe, you know, that, that these things don't happen at a much more frequent basis than, you know, one, one race over another. But, but that, that, I mean, the whole racial issue is a whole other thing, and, and solving that problem is, is a whole different issue. But, but the reality of it is, it, you know, perception is reality if you're black, right, or if you're a person who's getting shot at or, you know, getting pulled over or whatever. The, those perceptions are real, and, and it's not good. Like, even as a law enforcement officer, as I look at some of these shootings, that have happened, I think to myself that, you know, my God, I would have been crucified if I would have done that, you know? Yeah, right. And, and, and so regardless, I don't care if you're black, white, or purple, you know, if you made that decision, you're fired, you're probably sued and maybe in prison. And, you know, so, so when you look at some of these things, they're egregious to be sure. But as you, you know, so, so as, as a person saying, I'm going to take a stand about this, I probably would have said, you do it once, you make your, you make your statement and then leverage what you create around that off the field, you know, do it, do it in the, you know, do it in your social media, do it in, you know, in your interviews, do it other places, but, but leave it off the football field at that point. You know, you made your point, you took a stand, people talked about it. They either respect you or they don't. I know his point would be, well, yeah, but I need to keep it in front of people until, you know, until they get it. Well, the problem with it is, is they don't get it anymore. Nobody, you know, not nobody, but, but very few people who are really vocal about this remember that this was all about him feeling upset that a lot of black people were being killed without justification by police officers. 
And well, that, that's the problem in, in, in something that goes viral, right? I mean, it, yeah. it starts morphing and, and mutating. Well, and Just like the, uh, the Pittsburgh player, right? And I don't remember his name right now, but he was an Army Ranger. Um, yeah. And they showed him that, that same day when this whole thing really blew up, they showed him standing out there, you know, saluting the flag. And the reality of it was that was an accident. And it was a miscommunication. Right. And he can't, you know, and, and so then when you see him actually do the, you know, he, I mean, he was in, in true ranger form. He stood up, took responsibility and said, this was my fault. This was not my team's fault. This was not my coach's fault. This was my fault. You know, if my team would have done it, we would have all done something together. I thought I was, you know, I just wanted to go out and be in the tunnel and be able to salute the flag from the tunnel. And then they actually brought the flag out or something through the tunnel he was in and, and they couldn't get it around him. So it pushed him out to the outside. And then he, and then the flag was ex- displayed. And then as a soldier, he knew exactly what to do. You stand in place at attention and salute the flag. That's what you do. And so he did what he was trained to do. And, and then it blew up into this whole thing. Like he was the hero, you know, the, the, the counter call uh, Kaepernick when in right. fact that wasn't his intention at all. I mean, he's a guy who doesn't even give media interviews and he did like a 20 minute media interview saying how, this was his fault. He didn't mean to even do it. And, you know, all of these things. And so, so again, you know, but, but like to your point though, though, that, that meme went around a billion times of here's the one guy who came out of the locker room, you know, and stood defiant. And, well, it, and it's, and it's know. even, it's, it's, it's worse than that. It is. I understand it. Uh, and I can't think of his name. He's a black coach, the head coach. And I think if I'm not mistaken, he, he, had the team stay in the locker room because he thought that would be the best way to not disrespect anybody. And, and so then he, then of course, to make it worse. And you talked about the white supremacist thing. He starts getting racist (laughs) comments from, from I think a white cop. I think if I recall, this thing is so tangled. I can't remember what incident is what, but it just turned into a whole racist thing. And, and he was trying to just, you know, keep it a low key. And the problem with it is, is no matter what anybody does, it's now wrong in somebody's eyes. They're, they're right. insulting somebody. And, uh, and, and honestly, if I could say my emotionality that's tied to this is as a coach, a football coach, I, I knew that this is taking away from the team idea. And it and it's clearly it's made guys on teams awkward, feel awkward, be in awkward right. situations like the Ranger, and that's my emotionality around it. And uh, but yeah, uh, and, and, you know, and I think I think it's great that you know, like I, I think having traditions is important. I think having traditions as Americans are important, and, and, and I also think you know that that respect cuts all directions. You yeah, know, it's not. It's not, not one side is right about how to be respectful. And it's, you know, and, and, and if you want to get right down to it, everybody has the right to protest the way they want to as long as it's legal and, you know, they're, they're not creating violence or something like that, right? And, and they're right. not using unprotected speech or something like that, right? So those things yep. are all legal. How they choose to do it is, you know, may, may or may not have consequences as this has, but this wouldn't have had the consequences if it hadn't had the fuel of the president pushing it. And, oh, without and, a doubt. I mean, know, he, he, he brought it right out and he, and used, and, and it 
polarized everybody. Yeah. I mean, it, it, in my view, it, it was true Trump fashion, and mm-hmm. uh, and he couldn't lose from it. He, the guy, his haters are going to oh, no. hate anyway. His no, lovers are going to love okay. anyway. Oh, it yeah. was. It, it, and he got it got everybody's attention off of a whole other bunch of other crud that was going on. Right. And exactly. uh, and uh, you know politics polarization one on one. So okay for and I agree on the cap thing. That, that that's exactly it. it uh, you know maybe make some sort of statement and then take it into the the re, into the interviews and then off the field and and you I think he would have had a lot more success getting the word out uh, about police abuse. Um, that's what is it? I think you, and he could have taken. I mean, there's. I mean, he's a public enough person. He could have taken all kinds of positions that would have been heard. That you know, that a good oh, yeah. would have would have helped him do. But but I, I want to take this back to football players just for a moment because I think this is you know this this again just shows how fragmented and how biased people are. So so then the issue becomes not not that you, you know it, it becomes an issue of well these guys make so much money for playing a stupid game. Okay, but they only get played so much money for paying a stu- playing a stupid game because you're willing to pay a stupid amount of money to go watch them. <laughs> and you know, so so you can't, right? you can't criticize you can't criticize these people for how much money they make or how they choose to use their money or how they choose to use their. You, you know, as I'm wearing as I'm wearing my overpriced jersey and and, right. uh, yeah. and shoes, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know. It, it, so now I'm going to go burn my jersey. I mean, oh my god. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, some marketer got that idea going. Right. That that was not a universal. Some some you know, you know some 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 guy, you know, screw this thing. I'm well. He's cooking hot dogs. Watch this. I'm going to fry him. No, no, that didn't happen that way. I'm going to tell you right now. That was a very <laughs> carefully crafted marketing ploy that is going to work out beautifully for the NFL because I don't right. care how much you hate Kaepernick today or whoever else decided to take a knee today. If that was your favorite player yesterday, three weeks from now you're going to go buy another jersey because you're going to have forgotten about this. And you won't have forgotten how much you like him because he's still going to be on TV doing his thing. And right. so this isn't about football players. This is, this is all about persuasion and influence, and it's all about emotionality and bias and all of those things. And it really is. I mean, it has now become an issue of free speech or not. You know, and, and and it would be very easy to make an inappropriate statement and say the president doesn't understand free speech or what it means. He clearly does. Right. And he clearly understands exactly how to use this to get people fired up and to, you know, to do whatever, for, for whatever purpose he's using it for. He played it perfectly. But, but to blame football players or, or to say that they – you know, that they should just be lucky to play football it is, it is one of the most banal and asinine things I think I've ever heard anybody say because really it's like, look, if, if you didn't have football players out there on the field crashing into each other and throwing a ball around on Sunday, you would be paying the same amount of money for something else because at the end of the day, your overwhelming desire to be amused rather than educated is exactly what causes all of this stuff. That's that's quotable right there. <laughs> yeah. 
That's quotable. You know, it's it's funny. I I people will go, well, you know, what if these guys go all on strike or whatever? And and what it's funny for a lot of people think automatically I'm a fan of football. I watch very little football on TV. Uh, I am a coach and a participant uh, yeah. when I play. I really don't. I got better things to do than 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 watch you know, spend my Sunday. And it's, it's not, you know, I mean, truly I, 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 I'm busy. And, and, um, so what I'd like to tell people though, is if you got an issue, then go watch a kid's game, go support oh, yeah. the youth, you know, where it's still somewhat so fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's still somewhat innocent, you know, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of, uh, of the the crazy adult stuff going on, and I always have said, you know, the guys are. I have a thirteen year old daughter, and I'm just getting involved in in, in teenage youth sports, and yeah. uh, that, that's been quite the learning experience for me. I'm not sure I necessarily agree that there's not a lot of craziness involved. Well, it's the adults doing it. The, the adult. Oh, listen. I, one of the first things I had to learn was to control my parents. And I, I finally, uh, you know, probably the greatest thing I ever did with the kids was make the parents have to sit and listen to a lecture by me before we even start the season. And this is the way we do it. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. I'll give you a list of other leagues. And, and I just, I laid, uh, I mean, it, it was a coming to Jesus moment for all of them, but I, I sold, you know, using my persuasion skills, I sold them on the, uh, why it's my way's better. And, and, uh, we're going to lift the kids up and, you know, and, and so forth and so on. And, and, uh, most of the parents, uh, bought in and once they bought in, then I could get the kids to buy in. Um, yeah. But you're but, right. I mean, it, it is the adults who are driving all this stuff. And, you know, it really, it, it really behooves us as persuaders, I think, and marketers and business leaders and human beings to really take a step back from all of this stuff, take that third, that, that third position in the viewpoint mm-hmm. and just watch it from the outside for a minute and say, is this really the thing that I need to spend my time in? Is it going to change anything? And is it real? I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, as, a, as somebody who has spent 30 years practicing, studying, applying persuasion, the thing that I have, and I get sucked into it too at times. I've made mistakes. I've posted things on Facebook that ended up to not be true because I didn't take the extra moment to double verify something because it cracked me up or, you know, right. whatever. And, and, I mean, you're and so, human. <laughs> right. It happens. But... But the reality is that if we all took that step back and said, does this matter, A, because let, let's, and, and, and let's, let's just take this approach with this whole issue of kneeling or not kneeling. If you, if you step back and you take a look at it impartially, does it matter? No. Nope. Is it fundamentally changing anything about you, what you believe, how you feel, you know, and, and, and if they do it or don't do it, is it? You know, does it really matter? And, and that's why I asked the question that I did on Facebook that originally got us talking about this is, you know, it, to some people it really does matter, but, it, but that's a minority, really, that it does matter. But the bigger majority of people understand that that's like a fundamental right of the United States to be able to say what you want in whatever format you want. And so 
the so 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 the real issue is is that while NF, while NFL players have contracts, they're not contractors. So they they are employees, and their their contracts can de, you know their contracts can define what can or can't be done, as long as it doesn't supersede the law. And yeah. that's that that's that becomes the really big issue with the NFL because they're employees represented by a union who are also on public display and the law is very clear that, that you can't be compelled to make a public and this was passed by the Supreme Court of the United States in nineteen thirty four or thirty seven. You can't be compelled to give public displays of patriotism. And so, it, so, so which is the same that, reason, which is the same reason as an example, a Jehovah Witness doesn't have to stand up in grade school to right, salute exactly. the flag, right? It's yeah, the same, right. same thought. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's what it originally w- was about. And then, and then it just, you know, expanded to the definition expanded to, to much larger things. But the reality of it is, is that if you, if you step back from, if you step back from all of that for a moment and you say, okay, it's a. If we're going to have an argument about what is patriotic or not, is it more patriotic to break the law or to observe the law? Mm. And so, if you, you know, and then you have to back up from this and just ask these questions. And, and then once you ask all of these questions, where you usually get back to is, I don't really care. This is how I personally feel. And then <laughs> you have to ask. Is is my person is, is it worth going out and fighting this fight for my personal feeling, or, or you know, or would I rather go to brunch? Because it's it, you know it, it really comes down to that that very thing. Because most people don't have the capacity, and even a Colin Kaepernick doesn't have the capacity to really, you know, create massive change. Donald Trump does, and a lot of people right. like that, and, and and the whole NFL if they all get behind something, a lot of fans might agree with it. They obviously do when they buy Nike, but the, but, but the reality of it is, is that exactly what happened during the elections last year happened again in the NFL. You split people down the middle. You got a bunch of people on one side saying my way of viewing this is the best way your way is wrong. They're all screaming and yelling at each other, and what they're not doing in that, by, by not stepping back and taking a look at that third position, because the other thing that you can see from the third position is everything else that's going on around you, right? Yeah, and, you, could, you could see the, the and I, I'm not saying this was or wasn't, but there was a lot of stuff going on in the world mm-hmm. when Trump declared that and uh, on the NFL, and as I like to say, is, you know, look at the right hand because, but the left hand is really where everything's going on. And right. so when you go to that third position, as you call it, uh, you're able to see the other hand. You're paying yes. attention. You're aware. You're not being distracted by all the emotionality. To put it in football terminology, I think, and I'm, and I'm not a football player, so I, I may have this wrong, but it, this is how it appears to me from watching football when you have a really well-executed play and you've got that quarterback who takes a step back, he's well-protected, and he can sit there and look around and watch everything at once and see exactly how this whole thing is unfolding and know where to throw the ball when there's nobody there, knowing that that person is going to be there and catch it, is exactly what that is. 
It's that if you, if you extract yourself and watch the game, you know where it's all going, and, and you don't become a victim of the manipulation anymore. You actually right. step into a position of control because this really is mass manipulation on a big scale. It's manipulation of your emotions, if nothing else. And, and, and it's very intentional for the purpose of capturing your attention, of trying to promote one brand over another, whether it's Fox or MSNBC or the NFL or President Trump or whatever it is. There's a massive battle for your attention. It's not even for your mind anymore. They don't care about your mind because they realize that your attention is more valuable than your mind. If I can change your, if I can, if I can capture your attention for a moment, I can change your mind. Yeah. So it's this moment-to-moment call for your attention. Pay attention to this. Pay attention to that. And and the best thing you can do as a human being is step out of that for that moment, watch the game unfold, and decide where you're going next. Because well, where, do, where does where does that as far as um uh, because what you, you started sounding like almost tin foil. Everybody is trying to get our attention. I mean, we're, we're, what is the... Uh, well, it, it all comes down to making money, Tim, really. I mean, if you think about it, you know, this is all, it really comes down to control of money. Like, it, it, Fox wants you to watch Fox, because, not you particularly, but anybody yeah. who, who might, they want everybody to watch Fox if they could get everybody to watch Fox because that means that they get more money, Right. They get more commercials. They get more, yeah. Whatever you know, whatever it is that they're going to get, they get more of that. And so, so if I can pull your attention here and control it for a little bit longer, we get more of the things we want. Well, MSNBC wants the same thing, and so does NBC, and so does CBS. So everybody's screaming at you all at once. Well, guess who else wants your attention? Facebook and Twitter. Instagram wants your attention, and guess who else wants your attention? Barnes and Noble wants your attention, and so does. So does Colin Kaepernick because he wants enough fans so that they can ultimately push some team to say you should hire Colin Kaepernick because he's the greatest quarterback that ever lived or not. Right. And that's so everybody is screaming for your attention, and we all want some attention too. Right. Yes. So yes. that's why we're that, that's why people post on Facebook, and that's why they create these idyllic lives. You know, and, and that's why suddenly... And why know, we like, do podcasts. Right, exactly, exactly, because <laughs> you and I need some today. And right? So, you know, yeah, it's absolutely true. And, and, and the good news is, is that some people will give us some. Some people who really like your podcast are going to listen to this, and they're going to, you know, they're going to agree with us or not. Right, right. But here's the truth. We want some people not to agree with us, too, right? We want some people to yes. say we're completely stupid. And Why is that? You, you're the first person to introduce that concept to me. Explain that. Yeah, so we need, we need polarized people because, if, it, because only polarized people buy things, right? So, so a bunch of people are going to fall off on the side of the fence that love Tim. There's going to be this other side that may fall off because they hate me, you, that you brought me on the show and say, that guy is an idiot. And, you know, they're going to so, – so, so that creates that little bit of tension and it gives some people something, some texture and something to fight about a little bit. But here's the thing. You know, nobody, the only thing you get from riding the fence is splinters in your crotch. And yeah. that's, that, that's the bottom line. And so you've got to get people off the fence one way or the other. And that's what, that's what getting attention is all about, is getting pe- as many people off the fence on your side as you can so that you can then sell them something or convince them of something or, you know, get a wife or a husband or a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's just to get people to have that to have that level of sense of it's us versus those guys over there, 
and we're right and they're wrong. And, and, and then that's, that's the part. The minute people draw that line and say we're right and they're wrong, that's when they start building walls and creating, you know, real entrenchment around an idea and yeah. that they'll hold for the rest of their lives in many cases. So that's, that's the reality of that. But, and, and, uh, purchase and I don't want a uni- to sound tinfoilish in the sense that, you know, like it's a big conspiracy theory. Everybody's trying to, you know, that there's, that there's some bigger grand, you know, because I don't really believe in conspiracy theories at all. Generally, yeah. I think that, you know, but, but I do think that, you know, the government works in very particular ways. And I think that, that political leaders all have agendas and they're all doing everything that we're trying to do on a daily basis. They're trying to get their agenda pushed so they get their outcomes met. We're trying to get our agendas pushed so we get our outcomes met. And at the end of the day, that's, that, that's what this whole thing is about. It's just the level to which you have access to the psyche of a country or the level that you have access to people on a daily basis. That's why when you look at something like Facebook that has over a billion users, you know, and over a billion people have a phone in their pocket today, you know, information is passed directly through a set of filters to a group of people at at the speed literally of electricity. And that gives a lot of opportunity for people to clamor for attention rightfully or wrongfully with facts or with falsehoods uh, instantaneously. Right, right. Um, So, okay, what is the NFL? You, you fixed Kaepernick. What do you, how's the NFL fix this? Well, it's fascinating. I mean, I'm, I'm watching that sort of unfold right now. Like, you know, Trump said that uh, uh, the, the – um, uh, uh, what's the guy's name from the NFL? Um, Goodell, I think. Yeah. Uh, that he said, you know, that what, what he said, that everybody was going to kneel now or, you know, people couldn't – or, or that they were not going to kneel, but they were going to stand on the field now. And he said, well, that's not exactly what we said. What we said is – you know, something slightly different than that. So I think what's going to ultimately happen is that there probably will be some, um, there'll probably be some standardization around what people do, just like they have around what you can put on your jersey, what sticker you can put on your helmet, you know, all of those kind of things. There'll be some standardization around this. And everybody will forget about it because, because once they do that, it, Trump is taking away his very best weapon, right? So now, right. now he's not going to push it anymore. So he'll need to find something else. The NFL will follow through with whatever they decide to do. And everybody will have forgotten about this in 30 days. Interesting. And, Interesting. Until somebody wants to bring it up again. But, but ultimately, they probably won't. And, and it's very unlikely that somebody's going to try to use this as a political tool again, right? It's not going to be, you know, there's not going to be 700 shades of ribbons that people wear. Yeah. It's, it's going to have been done and a thing, and then, and then they'll have to find something else next, you know. What will they do next time? I mean, it'll, it, and it will be something. I mean, you know. There's, there's always Kaepernick. a next time. Yeah. Kaepernick could have gotten in a game, perhaps, and, you know, he could have, you know, instead of throwing the ball, you know, set on it in the middle of the field and unfolded a sign out of his video cleverly hidden in his jersey and held <laughs> that up in the moment. I mean, there's, there's going to be something, right? So it's going to be something that people do. So once this is over, I, I hope that people will, I hope that they will, that this ultimately will be a lever that people say, you know what, it's time to step back and think about what really matters in our country now. And there are a lot of things that matter. We've got lots of challenges and, and, 
tremendous opportunity as well. And I hope that they'll take, you know, that they will step back and do that. I was reading this quote by Peter Drucker the other day, and um, I'm probably not going to get it exactly right, but he says, he basically said, um, you, he didn't say making money, but he said something else like it. I, I wish I had it right in front of me now. But basically what he said is, um, you know, that, that, uh, it, that solving problems isn't where the real opportunity lies. It's taking advantage of opportunities is where the real opportunity lies, basically. Um, I'm actually uh. trying to uh, find the quote really quickly while we're talking. But, but that's really what it comes down to is that, you know, that, that, that there are a lot of problems in this country and there's a lot of opportunity. And if people spent more time going after the opportunities, they would do a lot better than they do trying to solve problems like whether or not it's okay to kneel or stand at the anthem. Yeah, right. I mean, there's, there's much, well, it's, and this is, and this is gets me into tinfoil land, but I mean, our, when we're arguing over the disrespect of the flag or, or the cop thing, there's way bigger problems than than that uh oh yeah statistically well, well, yeah, and, and it's are, related yeah. to and it's related to black people if 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 we could have the conversation on a on a on a, a bigger level of, uh, of of you know the the drug war and you know on and on and on why can't we let i'll i'll walk hand in hand with 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 that but uh the way you know the way that this was done just seems like a, a botched uh idea um it, it and for you know what and, and whether and, and I, I don't know that we'll ever know the answer to this if it were truly a pr stunt or not like i don't right, know if anybody's right. ever going to come out and say that really is how that started or if he really did feel that way you know and, and i'm certain it's probably probably both right he little of both did, right yeah feel that way yeah. and there was a PR stunt. So yeah, I found this quote, but I'll, and I'll come back to that. So the quote was, um, uh, results are obtained by exploiting opportunities, not by solving problems. And, you know, when you, when you look at that quote, it, it sort of exemplifies this whole thing. If you look at, again, if you take that third-party position and look at this, Trump exploited an opportunity. Everybody else is trying to solve a problem of whether or not this is a First Amendment issue. Is it respectful? Is it all of those kind of things? Everybody's solving that. Interesting, that yes. Yeah, and, and he yeah. grabbed the opportunity. Kaepernick grabbed the opportunity in the beginning, but lost the, he, he lost the advantage or the edge fairly quickly. And so right. when, you, when you look at that and you think about that, it, it really does go back to that whole idea that results are, you know, that results are obtained by exploiting the opportunities, not by solving the problem. Because because the opportunity always exists as long as the problem isn't solved too though, you know so and, and so they will solve the problem in the NFL. They'll make sure that there's a way of managing this, but some other opportunity will be exploited in the future, and then they'll have to solve that problem. But whoever exploited the opportunity first is probably going to get the biggest benefit from it. Going back to your point though about um, you know all of these other problems, there are tremendous. There are tremendous problems in the United States, and some problems do need to be solved, obviously. You know, they're not just all opportunities, but especially when you're talking about bigger sociological issues and that kind of thing. 
I think that, you know, that, but, but in order to solve those problems, a lot of times you do need to seize opportunities to do it. And the challenge, I think, that we, that, that we have moving forward really is that we, we have to quit making so many things racial issues in this country, and we have to start making them human issues, you know? We have Absolutely. to start saying it's not right that humans do this to humans, not that black people do this to white people or white people do it to black people or Mexicans do it to Chinese people. It doesn't matter. Humans either, you know, humans don't do these, these things to humans because we're humans or, or they do and it's okay. And, you know, that, that, that's a, a bigger sort of issue to get to. And, I, and, and, and this will probably cause a lot of people to fire back at you, so I apologize. But it just <laughs> is, you know, it, I mean, it just, that, that's the reality of it. You know, I agree. It, you know, it, you can't just, you can't treat everything as a racial issue anymore you have to treat it as a human issue. And, and, and that, that's much bigger than our country. That's a, you know, that, that, that's a worldwide issue. You know, you want to solve terrorism, start treating people like humans. Don't well, I treat think, them like, you know. You know, and I, I, I think that is what is a great opportunity in the time we're living in and the over-communication is it's uh-huh. forcing some conversations that uh, – are uncomfortable. We're seeing the worst in people, but we're also seeing the best. And you just said something that we need to talk more and more about, about treating each other as a human being. And I'm all for that, you know, rock on. Let's, you know, and that's, that's my philosophy. I don't look at color. I don't look at anything. I look at who are you? I, I, I want to know you personally, individually, and, and pay you the respect as a human being. And, and uh, and I hope that uh, my actions uh, prove that out, and and that's what I try to do from a, an integrity standpoint. Uh, and I think that's what we all need to do uh, more and more. Uh, so the NFL's just it's it's working its way out. Let's let's get to something real quick because we're we're going long on pyology. Uh, and this is uh, probably a uh, cookie cutter for you on what you think they should do to to fix the problem. And, and just to remind people of the story is they had the receipts that were being handed out that said F the cops and the, the kid, uh, I, I assume it was a kid, got fired. Uh, and uh, But it went viral and they did the, uh, the basics. They met with the police department here in Torrance and uh, I think the cops get free pizza forever or something like that. So what more could a company like this do to fix that virality that's stuck in people's minds that is is a negative? Or, or does the negative go away with the, the gestures they've made so far? I, I mean, it'll be reduced, to be sure. I, it, the more public things they can do that support the police would be supportive. But, but you know, I mean, unfortunately, this is a business problem as much as it is a PR problem. You know, I, I would bet that they didn't and probably do now have a very strong social media policy, have a very strong communications policy. What can you and can't you say? They probably have done education. Or, you know, and, and more companies need to do this, right? They need to let people know what is protected speech and what isn't. And, and they do need to have policies about that where social media is ubiquitous now. And mm-hmm. so, so they need to solve that first. And then, you know, the next best thing biology could do is the next time there is a, you know, the next time there's some, you know, the next time there's a Vegas shooting, 
if they show up and provide the pizza for, and God, that, that was a terrible sort of example, but you, I think you get the, <laughs> the idea. You know, what's, what's going on in Northern California right now, right? They right, show up right. And, and they give, you know, they give pizza to all of the first responders and people like that. And, and don't do it with the, you know, with the idea that we're going to get a bunch of PR for it. Just do it and let the police talk about them. Let the right. first responders talk about them. Don't, don't go looking for the media to do it for you. Let, let, let them do the groundwork and let them say how good they are. And honestly, you know, uh, every receipt that I printed for the next year would say we love the cops. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, and I love the, how, the organic idea of just showing up at, you know, these uh, fires and whatever natural disasters that these first responders are, are, are doing the job. Give them, give them free pizza. Maybe they'll, right. maybe yeah. they'll go there instead of uh, yum, yum, yum donuts. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. But they, you know, but they, yeah. And, and do it with, do it with the right intention, you know, like sure. it's the right thing to do and, and, and understanding that it's also, you know, that you're trying to sway somebody's opinion again, that you're, you know, you're, you're hoping that you can shift their attention from what it was to what it is. And, you know, the, the reality of it is, and, and the goodness of being people, humans and Americans is that people are generally forgiving, right? Yeah. Like, like the Torrance police department doesn't think probably that all of biology thinks this, they probably recognize that some goofball made a poor decision and, you know, that it's, uh, you can't blame the whole brand for, for one person's mistake. And, and, and I would guess this was probably a young person who wasn't particularly, you know, mature or skilled and, you know, sure. so everybody gets that, right? And so, so, you know, forgiveness will happen fairly quickly for them, I imagine, unless they keep doing dumb things. Uh, yeah, I think the same thing. And, um, and uh, I don't. I, I also don't think people care about being persuaded so much, as long as it's for the you know it it shows as good as you said good intentions. Yeah. Um, and and we've all seen just horrible uh, stunts where it really is a publicity stunt where right. they're just looking for and it's just like come on you know I mean you're yeah. not you're not doing God's work here, so to speak. You're right. really just, right. you're looking for a media opportunity. Whereas, mm-hmm. like you said, if you just show up, give, give the good, the, give the help, the word of mouth will happen. Um, some social media will happen and uh, it'll take on a life of its own. Um, so I, I agree. Uh, well, Dave, is there anything else that you would like to add to this? This has been one hell of a informative talk that you've given. Well, thanks very much for having me again, and, and thanks for letting me sort of wander around in this because there's there are so many pieces of it and so many things that have to be talked about. It, and, and I think we've honestly only scratched the surface. But I love the way you think, and I love the way you um, the way you present things, and and the way you uh, you know the, the the perspective that you take on things is is unique, and it's uh, I think it's very very important. And I'm thrilled that you put me on to have a few moments to uh, to talk about what I think is important. And I think that everybody, you know, if they if they take just that, you know, what if I could leave them with anything is the next time you find yourself getting fired up, the next time you find yourself ready to post something on Facebook or Twitter, uh, you know, and because somebody else, because your emotions are raising and your blood is boiling, take that third position for a moment, step out of yourself 
hover over this situation, look at the whole thing, and decide what's important, and then write about that. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to I'm going to call uh, the third position a uh, the Tom Brady model. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> it's it's a it's a new NLP model. Um, anyway, listen, uh, Dave. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll uh, get back to you with uh, the information when it's uh, posted. And uh, God, this has been amazing. And uh, hopefully, we could do it again soon. I'd love to, Tim. Anytime. All right, man. Hey, thanks. Have a great one. All right, you too. Bye.